0: In this digital first world, the old ways of recruiting are becoming obsolete. Or are they? The talent demands on every business has put TA squarely in the hot seat. Welcome to Talent Acquisition in the Trenches, a real dialogue podcast with talent acquisition pros closest to the front line. We want to talk to our peers who are actually doing the heavy lifting day in and day out. You're going to learn what their biggest challenges are and how they're being solved. I'm your host, Matt Reimer, and I'm here to talk about TA. I've been in TA for over 20 years, and what I know is that I don't know. I'm here to listen and learn just like you. No scripts, just real dialogue. Talent Acquisition in the Trenches is powered by NACR, the preeminent association for healthcare recruitment professionals focused on education, networking, and providing resources to enable our members to become strategic business partners in the ever-changing healthcare environment. My friends call me Reimer, so friends, let's create some new riffs with Reimer. Thanks for trenching in. Today's guest is Ryan Affelter. He's an associate partner at Rogue Hire. Ryan comes to us with over 20 years of full life cycle digital and talent marketing experience. He's an industry vet. He has experience in building recruitment, marketing, and brand functions from the ground up, from startups to large enterprises, notably jobs to web, now known as SAP SuccessFactors, and proactive talent. Uniquely, he has in-house talent acquisition experience as well. As Lifetime's first recruitment marketing and, and employer brand leader, he specializes in job distribution, programmatic job advertising, source attribution, and analytics. Ryan, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Matt. Excited for the invite to Trench. Looking forward to diving into some challenging topics in recruitment today. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, man, super excited, and have been looking forward to to this one. And so, but let's just let's trench right in right now. Let's let's dig in. I, I guess. As a, as a talent acquisition leader myself, and, and you know, I've had the, the, the opportunity to, to lead in-house recruitment, marketing, and brand functions, you uniquely have a viewpoint of agency, you know, external view, tech view, and in-house functions. Knowing our audience, uh, what, what, from your perspective, is, is one of the most challenging things in, in building and an operating an in-house recruitment marketing and brand function.
1: Wow, great question. I think over the years the biggest thing coming up recently that has been a challenge is really how to embrace this whole digital transformation. I think, you know, 15 20 years ago, not that things were complex, there were some tech emerging things happening then around, you know, recruitment marketing platforms, HCM suites, talent systems, you know, software as a service and cloud came up, which really kind of shook the landscape, mobile UX, different mobile workflows, you know, and now we're looking at things like, you know, AI powered capabilities. So the digital Mm -hmm. transformation and just kind of keeping abreast of all the latest technologies has been kind of the biggest challenge. I think in the past, you know, keeping... At the forefront of your mind, what's the, what's the latest job board? What's the latest search engine? And today, it's just so much more complex. There's mm-hmm. way more many systems. There's way more many media providers. There's new technologies. Things like social, mobile, AI are just really changing the landscape. And then, you know, layer in all the things that have been going on in the labor market you know, the fallout of the pandemic, the, the change in, in workforce, the evolution of hybrid and remote work, the whole gig economy. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything's just kind of flipped upside down, but it's just such a super exciting time to be in TA and, and have these new challenges.
0: So, you know, when, when I'm on the agency side, right? And so we'll, we'll just kind of toggle back and forth here, right? And so I'm on the agency side. I have the the luxury, maybe, of you know talking to, engaging with, and and getting to see some of those those latest technology innovations. If I'm on the in-house side, I'm just constantly getting pitched, right? I'm getting pitched ideas. I'm getting you know pitched you know potential solutions. How have you found you know if I'm a professional, I'm a recruitment marketing professional, I'm on the in-house side? how have you found it best to stay connected and to to understand you know what what is real you know so what's what's real in the market what's what's great in the market and and maybe what is you know early stage vaporware right and so like hey you know it's great marketing but but this thing that that I'm considering adding into my tech stack adding into my digital transformation it, it isn't going to move the needle for 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 me filling jobs in the end which is what what I'm on the hook to do
1: Yeah, yeah, good question. I think there's a lot of things that you can do, and that that definitely is is a challenge. I think the biggest thing is as part of any recruitment marketing, employer brand, talent attraction professional, you need to build that into your into your role, into your responsibilities, into your day. You need to schedule and block off that that time for those kind of move the needle activities as as we talk about at Rogue Hire. Where you're constantly challenging yourself to to learn, emerge yourself in tech, uh, take mm-hmm. time to to look at you know new vendors, new technology because things are constantly changing. But I think Matt, to your question, how how do you how do you do that at a scalable, repeatable way? Right? I mean, there's so mm-hmm. much thrown at you. I think mm-hmm. the biggest I- advice for an in-house practitioner is you know, some align with a recruitment marketing or employer brand agency that can help lead or guide them through that. That's not always going to be an option for everyone to to have that that kind of leadership. So how does a solo practitioner kind of keep that that knife sharpened? And I think it's really about building a center of influence, building a network, building a, a followership of, of individuals or leaders that are, are also kind of pressing these boundaries. Uniquely at this time, there's, there's a lot of opportunities to get involved in like industry groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the past, we just had what, you know, like HR tech and SHRM. There's an industry group for, for really everything uh, recruitment, marketing, talent, attraction today. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Is there some that you like, or that you that you yourself participate in or engage in?
1: I mean, shameless plug. A big influencer of mine has been has been the Talent Brand Alliance. It is mm-hmm. kind of affiliated with Proactive Talents. CEO founder Will Staney, who's been a real kind of that influencer in in my career. But the reason I love that group is because it's in a sense kind of an agnostic vendor free zone. Not that there's. Mm-hmm you know, there's trainings, there's education, there's demos, there's real practitioner discussions going on in groups like that. But it's also a kind of vendor free zone from a sense that there's not that hard saleship going on. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's really important about whatever group you belong to is, is make sure you're aligning yourself with real practitioners that you can share success stories with talk shop, you know, maybe go offline and have a huddle on a specific topic. There's so much tech today. You see a mm-hmm. lot of, you know, side conversations ha- happening with practitioners that are using the same tech as you. So let's say, you know, your, your enterprise software is Workday and you're looking to bolt on a CRM. What are the best CRMs to use for Workday? What are mm-hmm. other companies seeing success for? And to be able to tap into those groups and get those insights, it's, it's very, very powerful.
0: Yeah. Switching gears here a little bit, you know. One of the things that you know, run, running some in-house teams my, myself, I don't know what to use the word that I always struggled with, but is that kind of like alignment between top of funnel activity and then bottom of funnel results, right? And so, like, hey, yeah, we're we're, we're filling up the funnel. There's leads coming in here, but we're still not meeting our hiring objectives. Are there any points of view that you have on? as this digital transformation has taken hold, you know, KPIs, benchmarks, data that, that you like, that, that when you're running a shop, you kind of look at these three or four things and you say like, hey, if you're running well as an internal function, you know, these three metrics matter and, and they're moving the needle. Is there anything like that that, that, that springs to mind? Yeah,
1: I think we're in an interesting time where, you know, data and analytics are pay- playing such a pivotal role in how you measure, benchmark and, and look at your results for the first time in in years we we have the ability to to go deep and go down funnel. You know, it's it's imperative and I know there's some challenges now with with different technology and security limitations for an organization to have an analytics platform in in a way that you can visualize it like a like a business intelligence bi type of model to be able to cut filter and, and be able to drill down and see those types of metrics which I can talk about in a in a second. And mm-hmm. you know there are some challenges with some systems today, but it's really important to have that kind of bi-directional integration with you know your CRM and your ATS or your top of the funnel to the bottom of the funnel without that you're you're kind of shooting in the dark. You know, okay. the top of the funnel metrics that you'll hear, you know, recruitment, marketing firms and things talk about and what today's evolution of programmatic job advertising really focuses on is that cost per applicant. But really mm-hmm. what does that cost per applicant really mean if you're not measuring the downstream quality of that? So mm-hmm. I think to be really smarter and pivotable about this, you really need to start, you know, going down that that funnel, going a a layer deeper and measuring things like, you know, cost per qualified application, cost per interview. It gets tough when you're when you're talking about cost per hire because there's so many things outside of your your control as far as, as hires, but having that kind of benchmark on you know cost per completed app or cost per per qualified app or cost per review, you can start you know making data driven decisions about mm-hmm. you know what tech you're using, what kind of recruitment marketing strategies you're you're using what's what's delivering, what's not delivering what's what's moving the needle An interesting flip on that that I don't see a lot of companies measuring as far as like the re- recruitment marketing spend that I really encourage is you know while you're looking at quality you really have to look at waste. So one of the mm-hmm. big needle moving metrics I I like to look at is that unqualified disqualified rejected whatever disposition in your ATS you call that, you know mm-hmm. what's creating the most waste because that's going to be the mm-hmm. most noise on the top of the funnel. That's going to be creating the more the most work on your recruiters, on your sourcers. It's going to be you know the biggest time suck. So mm. the more you can eliminate the waste, the better. And, you know, let the technology that, that you're using, whether that's programmatic job advertising or if you're working directly with Indeed or another one of the, the job advertising vendors out there is, you know, in embrace the tracking, you know, get pixels mm-hmm. installed, you know, Enable your partners to be able to to help optimize your your strategy and, and minimize that that funnel waste as much as you can.
0: That's awesome. When you you know I guess think about you know th- this unification of top of funnel, mid funnel, bottom of funnel. You know I, I heard you say the, the word cost cost of applicant, cost of qual- qualified, cost of of per interview, and then this this delta to to this idea of waste. When you think about like a hard to fill, you know, job family, like, like nursing, right? And so we're, we're all trying to, as healthcare TA pros, right, like move the needle on nursing. Is there anything that, you know, I, I guess as you've been out consulting and you've been out talking to clients and, and you've been doing this for years, is there anything that you see consistently in-house teams not doing correctly? to impact some of their hardest-filled jobs? Like, you know, hey, this is always, every time I go in and talk to somebody, this is always low-lying fruit. I always see it. Once we fix it, it moves the needle. Is there anything like that that comes to to, to mind? Or is it, you know, just steady progression, steady improvement that you typically work with your clients on?
1: Ooh, good question. When it comes to kind of those hard-to-fill areas, I think the biggest thing that stands out to me when when kind of connecting with with TA practitioners in this space is really the lack of a multi-channel approach. I see hmm. a lot of companies that that literally they they see a hard to fill position. They may even have some of those benchmarks established within their analytics, with their agency, with their t a benchmarks in house on what the average you know cost per applicant or cost per hire is for 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 a nurse, but the biggest mistake I see is just continually pumping the funnel with what's not working or what's going to ultimately uh kind of plateau out and a lot of mm-hmm. the times that can be like your indeed spend, it can mm-hmm. be you know your LinkedIn investment. It can Mm -hmm. even be programmatic job advertising, which is, you know, designed to solve for some of this stuff. And not not knocking programmatic job advertising at all, but I mean, even programmatic job advertising has its laws of attrition, right? You can Mm -hmm. only Mm -hmm. pump so much investment into what I like to call the active job seeker market. So active yeah. job seekers are the ones that are you know, out there searching, they're on Indeed, they're on search engines, they're on aggregators, they're on social, they're actively looking for a job. And that's going to be the small piece of the pie for looking for hard to fill areas like nursing. I mean, nurses yeah. are rarely in the market. Nurses are probably up there with like software engineers, the most sought after talent in, in all of recruiting today. Mm-hmm, where you really mm-hmm. need to have an approach that that finds that passive nurse, not on these, you know, active job seeker platforms, too. So what I encourage my customers when I'm consulting is really, you know, you have to have a multi-channel approach. You have to be looking at social. You have to be looking at digital. Uh, you have to get out of just this kind of silver bullet solution that job advertising is going to, to solve all your hiring needs.
0: Hmm. Hmm. When When you think about like the and, and we we'll, we'll move into some maybe some tech stuff here in a minute, but kind of put put a put a, maybe a pin in the internal team structure, internal team development. When you think about some of the skill sets that are needed, like say you know, hey, I'm listening to this and I want to build out some internal competency for my recruitment, marketing, and brand function. Okay. What are some of the skill sets that, that are needed to do that in-house that, you know, maybe you, you would find, you know, in an agency? Is, is it project management skill sets? Is there actually analytics? Is there, like, like, like you know, is it creative? Is it photography? Like, what, what's needed to be a, a good, you know, to, to be able to succeed, if you will, as an in-house, agent, in-house agency? I want to build this for my company.
1: Wow, I think there's a lot of things that that can, you know, be a skill set to be a successful, you know, recruitment marketing or or talent brand professional. I think the biggest thing for for me that's been successful in my career is one kind of in embracing innovation. Um mm-hmm. I think you know the 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 hard skills of of marketing and and being able to like tactfully execute campaigns a lot of that is very teachable you know in my mm-hmm. in my experience if i if i've been building out teams i i rarely you know focus heavily on has this person run google ads before do they know mm-hmm. how to okay. set up social campaigns those skills are all teachable you know you can mm-hmm. you can teach someone how to how to run programmatic job advertising there's a there's a science behind it but the art of being able to be both a a good blend of creative and analytical and i know mm-hmm. that's uh, that's sometimes a double edged sword i think mm-hmm. is 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 critical i think a lot of times in house practitioners too put a lot of emphasis on putting all these things into one practitioner so okay. if if you're a hiring an organization and you're you're looking to you know have kind of your first ever marketing person sit on on HR and talent acquisition i think you really need to think out the the roles and responsibilities and make sure that there's a a healthy blend and not too much is put on that person's plate to have to tackle everything from mm-hmm. the employer brand to the recruitment marketing cuz really While they interact and there's a lot of synergy between them, putting too much on one person's plate there can be be really overwhelming. And
0: then Mm -hmm. the
1: other biggest single piece of advice is, you know, the person doesn't necessarily need to sit on your corporate marketing team, but there should be some very definitive alignment between them. Yeah. You know, there should be a lot of collaboration there. They should be participating alongside marketing in all those kind of important company marketing milestones and events. And there should be a lot of collaboration there. And that's sometimes, you know, you don't see that. You see a lot of kind of separation between church and state there. And I think that can that can lead to a misalignment of brand. It can lead to a misalignment of goals and objectives. And, and unfortunately, it, it sometimes leaves HR and TA kind of hanging with limited resources. Uh, They don't have the accessibility to a lot of the tools that, you know, corporate marketing may be able to Mm -hmm. to grant them access to or a lot of that, you know, deep marketing knowledge about the company's, you know, corporate goals. And there's with all these tools and, you know, shareable resources like LinkedIn, like social, there's a lot of opportunity to, to collaborate.
0: Do, do you find organizations that are successful in having the recruitment marketing brand function embedded in the corporate function as a service back to talent acquisition? Do you ever find that model and, and, and have you seen success with that where basically talent acquisition is a customer, if you will, of the corporate marketing team and the, recruit, the, the corporate recruitment team has built out the function?
1: That's a great question. I think I I see that less than I do see this kind of recruitment, marketing, employer brand person sitting on HR. But mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of varying opinion on this in the in the in the industry. But my my personal take on it is I I think that individual should sit in marketing with. Mm-hmm. talent acquisition
0: being the customer but hmm. with a very, very... so you like you like the the ta pro sitting in the corporate marketing function
1: yes but then but
0: servicing like hey you're a hundred percent on t on the ta customer base absolutely but i would
1: argue that that marketing person should come from a background of ta to to keep that to keep that alignment but i think you know in my experiences i've you know in house at at lifetime I sat within the HR organization and I felt it was kind of an you know an uphill challenge to to build those relationships with corporate marketing it took it took a lot of time to get that seat in the, at the table
0: yeah yeah do do you find last kind of org work structure question and let, let's flip over to talk about tech for a little bit but do you find most organizations let me ask this in a different way. Actually, do you ever find organizations that don't have an agency of record supporting them behind the scenes, regardless if they've built this function in-house or not? You know, meaning like, hey, I, I just I don't have a an agency that I leverage um, for you know behind me. I handle this all by myself.
1: Yeah, I mean there's a lot of organizations out there without agency representation and I I embrace that, I applaud that. I don't think that, you know, an agency is a best fit for for everyone. I think there's mm. some, you know, discovery to be to be had to really determine, you know, I checked the box on these 12 things and, you know, an agency is the best fit for me as an organization for scalability for centralizing cost, for uh, a lot of the challenges around, like, procurements. A lot of Mm -hmm. companies have a tough time getting new vendors onboarded or contracts Mm -hmm. being approved. There's, you know, a lot of kind of legal review steps, especially around any vendors that have data or privacy security concerns or vendors that engage in things like like email or text messaging, because there's a lot of, you know can spam laws and regulations around that, that a lot of legal teams and, and corporations are, are very weary of. Yeah. So oftentimes yeah. an agency can help solve a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've also on the flip side seen organizations build very, very smart, intelligent, in-house centers of excellence, mm-hmm. where they're looking at things from the right lens. They're, they're looking at Talent attraction from different pillars and have mm-hmm. you know a recruitment marketing specialist, someone that's focusing on employer brand, someone that's focusing on amplifying kind of social and content and you know moving the needle on their career site and how they're engaging with passive talent out there so I've seen it you know successful either way
0: yeah, one of the things that you know when when i'm Talking to TA leaders, you know, about this idea and, and there are, there's trade-offs here, right? Building versus buying, you know, in essence is, is what we're talking about here. You know, I, I think that the, the thing that for me within engaging an agency is not to have this immediate expectation that they're going to come in and fully understand your company's vision, its values, culturally who it is, you know, as an organization, and then to be able to turn around and communicate that. In effectively in, you know, whether that's career site assets or email campaigns or or social or or, or whatever, sometimes an internal employee who's living inside of that ecosystem actually understands that the best because they're there day in and day out. They're interacting with the, you know, the, 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 the colleague base. And so. You know, I, I think that there is, you know, kind of trade-offs and, and sometimes, you know, in the end, the hybrid model is is the best, you know, where you got a, you know, got some resources on the inside that can interface, but then really lean on these agencies to support them and in, in being innovative and ensuring that they're getting the best bang for their buck, you know, in the end. Join hundreds of your healthcare TA peers and enjoy the benefits of a NACR membership today. Free educational webinars, access to our listserv, and discounts to your CHCR certification. All of this and much, much more for as low as $80 per person annually. Learn more at knacker.com. That's N A H C R.com. Interesting dialogue here. So, you know, I guess when when you were talking a little bit about, you know, the attributes of a, a, a great recruitment marketing professional, brand professional, it stuck on me that you, know, you used the word innovative. I immediately thought of somebody that was curious, right? Kind of have to be curious to be in this industry. And so with all of the new tech over the last you know, five, even 10 years that has hit the, hit the market, um, is there something that you're excited about? Is there some trends that you see in the market that you know, are, are kind of you know, now beginning to mature? That you know you're you're really bullish on here in in 2023 and beyond. Yeah, I I, I mean I can touch on
1: kind of the the love hate relationship that TA professionals are seeing in the industry right now. I mean obviously the big game changer is everyone is talking about AI, especially sure. in the world of recruiting. Companies mm-hmm. love AI powered tools. I mean they're making hiring processes more efficient, uh, recruiters more productive. If done right, but you know, there's some questions on on you know how to how to make these these tools scalable and repeatable. There's a lot to unpack. There's AI tools for basically every single you know recruiter function out there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of challenges of how how to how to companies unpack all this. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what what's the best tool set? What combination of tools? How many of these tools do they need? What's Free. What offers a trial? What is you know available to integrate with their their current HCM systems or, or CRM, and also you know how do candidates feel about these tools? That's that's kind of a big debate up there too. Are are mm-hmm. candidates feeling the love? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of kind of feedback because a lot of these tools are so new. You know, using intelligence when hiring and evaluating talent reveals a lot of you know mixed opinions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you see some stats out there like, you know, a recent study I looked at, 72% of candidates are actually opposed to, you know, AI and AI making final hiring decisions. And that's, you know, there's there's a valid valid point there. Mm-hmm. AI should be involved in part of the hiring process, but that's really what we're saying when we're involving tools that help do things like candidate rediscovery or, you know, evaluating your qualifications for a job based on all of these AI-based attributes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a huge screening process where, you know, AI is, is, is screening out several candidates based off of the, this, this intelligence that is still, you know, in itself in its infancy.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you seeing any spots that, you know, with any of your clients where there's successful... Use cases evolving around, you know, let's call it AI, machine learning, or advanced automation, right? And so I think that to your point, there's there's probably a decent amount of confusion out there if we we're just sort of to say, hey, what are the differences between AI, machine learning, and and advanced automation? But maybe that's a whole uh, another show that we can we can dig into. But are, are there use cases, especially against maybe some of these hard to fill roles? you know and, and or you know other use cases that you really like if i were to say like hey man there's the there's this world of ai out there where should i focus where should i start first like what problem should i solve you know and and maybe in the market what what do you view as most mature at this point in time good question
1: you know there's there's a few areas where i'm i'm seeing you know ai really of move that move that needle. I think the biggest one out there, and it's probably the one that's been out there for the longest is kind of the outbound candidate sourcing. I mean look at the things like you know seek out higher easy are are doing today and there's you know dozens and dozens out there to 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 consider but those are probably the the two most prevalent right now. But what AI is doing at the top of the funnel to you know use powerful filters to you know, do things like remove bias from Mm -hmm. candidates that a sourcing team is looking at and use AI to pull in very powerful attributes to, you know, make better data-driven decisions on what candidates you're gonna review or, or pull in. I think a lot of companies today have been, you know, limited by, you know, the tools at their disposal, which is typically, you know, maybe a LinkedIn recruiter seat for their teams. Some might have, you know, an indeed resume or ZipRecruiter database search capability. But again, we're really in those types of tools focused on the active job seeker, where AI is sourcing from several different databases, state medical boards, teledoc sites, and, and the list goes on. It's, it's using automation to pull in candidates that aren't always actively looking. And it looks at things like their, their you know, career journey and progression. Mm-hmm. So that kind of mm-hmm. begs the question of, you know, taking it to the next step. Should, you know, employers be using AI for, in, like, employee referral programs, you know, eliminating mm-hmm. bias and, and using that for candidate matching within their own talent communities and Population, databases? Population, Yeah. You know, candidate rediscovery is, is huge. Also kind of the most common, you see, conversational AI. So conversational mm-hmm. AI, that's going to be like your, your chatbots and virtual assistants. Mm-hmm. Um, really
0: helping on the pull through of scheduling and, and kind of that, you know, piece of the process.
1: Yeah. So you go to a career site, there's a chatbot that pops up, you know, how may I help you today? Usually that chatbot mm-hmm. has kind of a, a fun name. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, you see paradox Olivia powering a lot of these, and and that chatbot can help. Uh, you know, match to jobs, answer questions, make different you know referrals, answer real time questions, uh, and that's kind of where like the machine learning takes place. Is it's it's learning how to how to best answer questions for you know inbound candidates, kind of looking for more information and kind of help nurture them along in that in in that journey so yeah there's a lot of a lot of just cool things going about in this yeah. of being digital transformation to to consider but you know the other question is you know how do you how do you unpack it all right um mm-hmm. and i think we've seen this evolution in the industry before where you know a new technology emerges so let's say that's you know it's 2010 and SaaS and cloud is a big thing, or 10 mm-hmm. years later and mobile UX and workflow pops up. You see a lot of tech players, a lot of startups really pushing the boundaries of technology and, and building all these different apps that will bolt on and integrate with your, your hiring systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, some integrate smoothly, some some don't. But what's likely going to take form is the the evolution of when... The partnerships and acquisitions start taking place, so you'll start Got seeing it. a lot of, you know, these major HCM systems, recruitment marketing platforms start buying up tech, buying up mm-hmm. AI, buying up all these all these tools.
0: Mm-hmm. That then is embedded into, you know, ideally their their core systems, and the, you know they don't have this this ecosystem of, of bolt on. You know, con- configurations kind of running over their, their their core systems, which is always, you know, I think a challenge for you know user adoption and and recruiters, you know, and and, and professionals, you know, recruitment marketing professionals, maybe in this instance, you know, to to work out of you know multiple you know domains and so. Well, hey, I've really appreciated the the dialogue here today. I, I guess the last thing I'm curious about for our conversation number one you know i know you you're just leaning into you know this this niche in healthcare right healthcare talent acquisition i know i know you've had uh healthcare clients in in the past any any ahas or any you know things as you begin to focus specifically on this domain for a period of time that is interesting to you as as you've as you've dug in uh, on healthcare oh let's see i think
1: you know, focusing on healthcare is, is interesting because like from one perspective, you could say, hey, you know, is having, you know, one one career focus, right? Is that, you know, kind of putting yourself in a, in a corner and limiting yourself from seeing all these other different <clears throat> industries evolve and mm-hmm. things like that. And I, you know, I, I'll i admit there's a slight fear of that kind of going into it, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, optimistically and, and knowing I've kind of, took that leap when I went from digital marketing into talent acquisition is that I, I really couldn't be more wrong. There is so much going on in healthcare and healthcare talent acquisition that really touches like every facet of marketing employer brand digital transformation so that's not my biggest aha moment, but that's just more just reaffirming you know how how transformative this space is uh mm-hmm. it's, it's you know has its unique challenges, but you know just like other industries it's you know has its has its unique opportunities too so yeah, I think the the biggest challenge is really you know how do we unpack all this technology? how do we look at things from a scalable repeatable lens? how do we mm-hmm. look at healthcare not just as an industry as a whole, but helping you know our clients look at each Area of their business uniquely because you yeah. know all all companies are are, are different. Of all these d- discovery calls, they all have similar challenges. They all have different challenges, and no department is is really the same. There's going to be different you know benchmarks and challenges for nursing versus allied health versus you know medical techs. Mm-hmm. And and having to to tackle those challenges individually is going to be really, really challenging for me. I think what we're most excited about is is working with our, our clients to build out benchmarks around these, not mm-hmm. just looking at healthcare as a whole. You know, there's, you know, programmatic vendors and marketing companies out there that can provide benchmark studies for for healthcare, but what does that really mean? Uh mm-hmm. you know, a cost per higher for, for healthcare to me is, is a complete moving target because there's so much variance on the spectrum. You know, An mm-hmm. administrator or dietary aid is going to be way different than a med surgical nurse mm-hmm. uh, or a you know, director of nursing. It's just so much variants there, but being able to work with our clients and, and, you know, build those benchmarks and, and metrics against those very specific hiring areas, I think is going to be very powerful. It's going to be, yeah. you know, game changing for this industry.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. And I, you know, I think that, that's one thing that, you know, healthcare TA leaders, you know, struggle with time to time is, is understanding, you know, I think to where we started this conversation, you know, do they have their deployment? pointed at the right channels and and basically are are they getting on the limited budgets I and mean, I think that's one of the big challenges with with healthcare and and not that you know other verticals are not budget conscious but you know getting budget in in health you know healthcare TA a challenge but then making sure that you don't waste that budget is a challenge as well right and and so you know I love this idea of, of focusing in you know on how those channels are producing and and maybe that's a a place that um you know we all can kind of align on and so ryan hey i appreciate the the time today here folks want to engage with you learn more about ryan talk to ryan you know hear more where would they do that how would they do that
1: i mean i'm in the rogue hire healthcare community always jumping in on topics. You can post topics under the sourcing channel, you can tag me, and you can reach out directly to me. Uh shameless plug, I will be doing a webinar this upcoming Thursday noon central time on employer brand 101. That's kind of my my passion project and I think it's critical in healthcare, especially around those challenging areas like nursing in that you know you're not finding that that talent on on active job boards so you know really you know how do you how do you speak to them how do you shout those differentiators how do you focus on things that are you know attractive different specific and real about your organization it's about mm-hmm. your transparency it's about connecting with with nurses and giving them a reason you know why you why now so mm-hmm. really excited to talk about that to this
0: Why you, why now? All right, Ryan. Hey, I appreciate it very much. And we'll talk soon. See you now. All right. We want to thank you for listening to TA in the trenches. We are produced by Iron Mike and his team at Ironbound Media. Keep up the great work, team. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and check out all of our episodes at knacker.com. That's N-A-H-C-R.com. You also can find me out on LinkedIn where you'll find quick show riffs. Feel free to ping me. I always respond. Bye for now.